about it. Well, except me, of course, every Sunday night here on the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980, the show where we educate everyone about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making your relationships the best they can be. Good evening. I am Maureen McGrath, a registered nurse in the field of sexual health, author of the book Sex and Health, Why One Can't Come Without the Other. I'm a researcher, blogger, clinician, TEDx 2016 Stanley Park speaker and your resource to help start that conversation, answer your questions and help you discover new and exciting things about sex, love, your relationships and your body. I make no innuendos, no judgments and certainly no apologies. Just fearless, straight up talk about sex. I guarantee it will be illuminating, enlightening, and fun. So please stay with me, and thanks for being with me this evening. It's my pleasure to be here with you every Sunday night at 8 o'clock. It's a two-hour show now, so uh, hopefully you're going to be putting the kids to bed, or you've already put the children to bed, as listener discretion is advised. We're going to cover a number of subjects tonight about sex, and a lot of people are uncomfortable about talking that about that subject, so... Uh, you have been forewarned. So thanks. Uh, it's uh, so nice to have you here with me. We have lots of subjects on the docket tonight. Uh, prenuptial float homes. I have found the answer to people living together under the same roof because they cannot afford to, vo- to divorce. I'll tell you a little bit about that. Who is happier, singles or the married people? Anyway, this is my... Uh, all the single ladies segment tonight. We're going to be discussing Japan's sex problem. First, we had Sweden's sex problem, the U.S.'s sex problem, Britain's sex problem, now Japan's sex problem. What are the what is the impact of that? Also, did any of you see the Nigerian gay marriage that made the rounds on social media? What a shame! Um, what a lovely ceremony, beautiful marriage, but uh, some really uh, negative aspects about that. So I'm going to talk to you about how nasty people can be, and I really don't like that. I love people. I love everybody. I love you. <laughs> well, not really. No, <laughs> I do, of course. Who else am I going to love? Uh, okay. Also, I get a number of questions. From cross-dressers. So I'm going to be talking, uh, giving a couple of tips for cross-dressers tonight, uh, including the lube launcher and why that's in my world. Also, women after childbirth experience physical changes and nobody tells them about it. So physicians don't, midwives often don't. So this can result in sexual dysfunction. So I'm going to help you learn how to put the fun back in sexual dysfunction after the babies are born. And because I'm a registered nurse and I really think that education is key and health is related to sex, of course, and uh, this week in my office alone, I had to tell, I think, four to six people that they were a bit too chubby, that they had to take weight off. And, you know, when I, I, I have them all weigh themselves <laughs> and uh, I, I, I ask them what their weight is and then they tell me one number and then they weigh themselves and you know they're between 20 and 35 pounds heavier all of them than what they thought they were so I'm um, going to be talking about in particular how type 2 diabetes relates to that but what's the difference between diabetes type 1 and type 2 and what is the one thing a woman should take off before her job interview And also, what makes guys sexier? Be gone, bad boy. Have we got news for you? Some delightful facts about kissing. And also, what the state of New Jersey is making lesbian couples 
do before they will receive fully insured fertility treatment. And then I have a question for you. Um, I'd love for you to weigh in on this. Uh, tell me what you think about this. I had a uh, patient who was you know, trying to gain some self-confidence and had broken up, had a long-term relationship and was back there out in the dating world. And she went on a fix-up date and went through the dinner, had the dinner, nice conversation, seemingly getting along quite well. And then Mr. No Filter said to her, you know, you're not who I thought I was being set up with. Oh, all my good work. Anyway, what do you think of that? What do you think of somebody saying that at the end of the date? I certainly hope you picked up the tab. Uh, As I mentioned, I am a researcher, and I'm at the moment involved in a research study out at Simon Fraser University. It is called Bowel Care and Cardiovascular Function After Spinal Cord Injury. And the primary purpose of the study is to investigate the effects of topical anesthesia on cardiovascular changes triggered by bowel care. Often people with spinal cord injury, people with spinal cord injury may have a very dangerous level of high blood pressure. Their blood pressure may soar during this. So I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that research study a bit later. This isn't all fun. Some of this is quite serious, but very helpful uh, and hopefully to improve quality of life for people. And then uh, if, uh, (laughs) Matt, I got to tell you about this one. Nice to see you, by the way, Matt. Yeah, thanks so much. Glad to be back. Oh, great to have you as always. Well, um, I was, uh, you know, I've been called a lot in my life, but never what I was called this week. (laughs) But it had to do with uh, a couple of patients in my office, if you can believe this. Um, who came in to see me because their sex lives and their relationships were suffering because of strata stress. Do you know what strata stress is? <laughs> like the bills that you pay when you're apartment building? <laughs> no, it's like a board of governors in a in a condominium complex or something. I think you have to pay for your strata. Yep. Yeah, so you're probably correct on that. But they uh, actually set up bylaws to... Uh, make your make life so that everybody can live cooperatively together. But oftentimes people don't agree with those. And uh, so this week I had two in my office and I thought if the strata world is affecting me, if it's coming and affecting sex, then it's got to be a big issue. So I, um, I had these two patients and one was uh, single and the other was in a relationship and the relationship was on the brink because she was so stressed um, because, and it was the same reason, because they felt pressure from the strata who had sent a legal letter. So fortunately, I've received some of those legal letters, those letters from lawyers. <laughs> Generally, I've taught, put them in the recycling. Must be a big buzzkill if a letter can uh, kill <laughs> it, your drive, eh? What a buzzkill, honestly, but this is the funniest part. And so I thought, you know what, I'm, uh, you know, this is about power and relationships. And I actually told the two of them the same thing, basically, like, Take no heed. You do. You know it doesn't sound to me. I'm no lawyer, but it doesn't sound to me like that you that somebody can fine you for a bylaw that did not go into place until after you you know committed. You, oh, you I get did it. Whatever you did, right? This is what we're. I see what we're talking about now. That yeah. was a little over my head. Oh, okay. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> so anyway, I probably wasn't all that clear. Uh, so the one was so stressed by this lawyer letter that she actually paid a portion of the fine. And I said, you know, pay no more. You need actually to speak to a lawyer. You, you know, they'll talk to you for free for uh, at least three and a half seconds. No. Uh, at least. <laughs> um, but anyway, I said, you need a lawyer. You should talk to them. It doesn't sound 
fair to me. So I Googled and looked around for a Strata lawyer, the best Strata lawyer. So I thought the best one it had to be the guy who was on Twitter. <laughs> So, at Strata Lawyer. I think that's what his Twitter handle is. I should double check. But anyway, so I phoned him. And normally when I phone people, I barely leave my name. I usually hang up. I don't even leave my name. But for some reason, I was tired and I left this message. (laughs) This is getting somewhere. Anyway, I left this message and I said to the lawyer, hello, Paul, this is Maureen McGrath. And I host the Sunny Night Sex Show. And I've referred a couple of clients to you. And he's thinking that I've just referred to, but I do realize that these complexes have about 500 to 1,000 people in them that are all affected by the these strata letters, or these lawyer letters from the strata. So um, it wasn't two I was sending him. It was like a bed bug infestation. Anyway, and uh, so I said, and, and I'd like to talk to you about power in relationships. And so, you know, I'd like to invite you to come on the show. And I thought, what did I just say? That guy is never going to call me back. <laughs> Anyway, so lo and behold, never expected to hear from him, and he calls me. So I, I followed him on Twitter, and uh, so he said, "Did you?" Um, he said, "Hi, Maureen. It's it's Paul." And I said, "And I was actually supposed to call another Paul, and I was two minutes late calling him." And I said, "Oh my gosh, Paul, I'm so sorry. I was supposed to call you, and I I just I've gotten I'm a little bit behind." He's like, "No, no, no. This is the lawyer, Paul." I'm like, "Oh, okay. Oh, the lawyer. Oh, wow." So anyway, he, I couldn't believe. He, that he called me back. And after that message, I said, you know, I apologize about the message, but, you know, here's the story. And he said, wow, I'm just amazed that this legal letter, this lawyer letter had an impact on your client. Can you send me a copy of the letter <laughs> that made her pay the bill? Because I send out and I receive hundreds of these letters and nobody ever pays the bill. So I said, okay, fine, fair enough. I'll do that. Get get you a copy of the letter and the, the I'll send the five thousand people over to you that are complaining about paying fines that they don't think are fair. But then he said to me, did you follow me on Twitter? This is really, this is the punchline here. Finally, did you follow me on Twitter yesterday? I said, yes, I did. He said, oh, I blocked you. I thought you were a porn star. (laughs) 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 Anyway, and he said, your handle is back to the bedroom. But, and he said, I, I looked at your picture. It didn't really match the porn star, but I just thought you were faking it. Anyway, so uh, I said, you know, it's funny because a lawyer actually gave me the name, that handle, because he was in the audience of a, a talk that I gave, a five-minute talk. And he said, you need a website. needs to be called Back to the Bedroom for those who have turned their back on the bedroom those who want to get back to the bedroom, and those who want to have more fun in the bedroom. And that is what this show is about. So if you want to do any of that, give me a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. And in a couple of weeks, that lawyer, Paul Mendes, is going to be joining me to talk about strata stress. No, he's not. We're going to be talking about power in relationships and unhealthy power in relationships. And, of course, lawyers are strategic, and they understand that quite well. But uh, but I figured that maybe the listeners don't understand that quite well, and you can get unnecessarily frightened. Anyway, give me a call if you have any questions, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. What do you think of a guy who takes somebody out and says, you're the wrong woman? I wasn't expecting it to be you. Email me, sextalk at cknw.com. When I come back, I'm going to be talking to you about that prenuptial float home and also I'm going to read some of your emails. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath. Thanks for being here with me this evening. Love having you, of course. Love talking about sex (laughs) and educating about it. Hopefully you put those children to bed unless they're 35 and you've not launched them yet. But I should, may I suggest you launch them and launch them a heck of a lot earlier. Launch them 
a long time ago from 35. Uh, anyway, you know, in relationships, the number one most contentious issue is finances. People come to a relationship, a marriage, they each bring their own ideas, their own savings, their own way to look at money. They maybe will, some are frugal and some feel that you only live once and you might as well live well and then they have no money. And then some people react differently to financial pressures. Some people don't lose a minute of sleep and other people are up all night. And that's a problem because when you're up and you're losing sleep, I mean, we are all three sleepless nights away from psychosis. So sleep is vital. Sleep is really important. That's when you start to act in a very bizarre way. If you are losing sleep and starting worrying about uh, your finances. So I think I have found the answer. It's only a it's only conceptual at the moment. It's in the conceptual stage. But I was quite interested to see this uh, this concept because a lot of people I hear cannot divorce. The price of houses in Vancouver is has skyrocketed. I mean, they're and uh, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel anyone that owns a home in Vancouver, be quiet, <laughs> be grateful, be quiet. Why do you want the price of your house to drop? I don't understand that. Yeah, I've got a friend that he uh, bought at the right time, and he's all pulling his hair out, being like, oh, what should I do? I'm like, you know what, man? I'm paying exorbitant amounts of rent. Exactly. Shut it, please. Exactly. Kindly. What should you do? Oh, sell it for a million more and just, you know, travel or whatever. Uh, buy a house somewhere else if you want to. But uh, so, yeah, I don't, I'm not really... <laughs> all that big on dropping the prices of houses here. And, you know, a lot of people complain that their children aren't going to be able to buy a house. Come on, take some of your equity, give a gift now while you're alive. Anyway, makes no sense to me. So finances, you can tell I'm 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 the type that's like, hey, you only live once. No, <laughs> anyway, me too. I you know, I would rather just go out there and have fun. And uh, I know, but, you know, that doesn't pay in the end. Uh, you, it's, it is something you have to look at and you ha- you can't look at it in April and then again in July. You know, you really have to stay on top of your finances. Yeah. And that's been a big and, issue with um, past girlfriends as well, that I'm a little too uh, frugal. And oh, yeah, never good around the girlfriend. You know, at least try to impress them. I'm going to read an email about somebody who impressed uh, the guy before she married him. And then after the wedding. No, no impression whatsoever. But uh, anyway, back to this financial thing. There's this floating prenup house, and it can be split in two if the marriage doesn't work out. So it basically lets the spouses simply sail away. I actually think it's a brilliant idea if you want to live in a float home. Okay, so we do have to, this has to progress. This has to go get to land. We have to get on dry land with this. But it's not a bad idea with divorce rates steadily increasing. Some newlyweds are drawing up prenuptial agreements before tying the knot. It's actually very common, especially if people decided to focus on their career first, make some money, have a bit of savings, or, you know, they've got a darn good job and maybe they own a home already and, you know, who knows? Were you going to say something? You look at like <laughs> like you No, are. I just really <laughs> like the idea of living on a float home, actually. Yeah, that sounds very cool, actually. Um, but... Uh, but one, this one firm uh, has actually set out with the intention of helping divorcees avoid that real estate battle with this new design that splits the home in two. And so you can, I thought we could, I was going to ask you earlier if you could play um, Christopher Cross sailing. 
Um, in honor of this song, I mean, of honor of this concept, but it's called the prenuptial housing. It's a floating house, consists of two independent structures that separate if the couple should split up. It results in two equal units that can float away from each other. The uh, units are initially f- prefabricated as independent carbon, uh, carbon fiber units, and there's a simple solid connecting system. So, uh, you know, the plumbing and the electrical all has to be tied together, and then that can be detached. And so you unlock the connection and it requires no unique tools. So I imagine you can do it with a, a, maybe a, a screwdriver and uh, pliers. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm just taking a guess. Um, but this is Xander Den Dwin with Studio OBA is the design firm behind this prenuptial housing. And apparently these uh, units disconnect without much effort. So you can focus a whole lot more on other aspects of separating other aspects because it can be very difficult and challenging for children. I I, uh, was speaking to a client this week and he was saying, he's 31 years old, and his parents are living under the same roof. And they are divorced, though, but they couldn't afford to actually leave the home. And I imagine this is going on a whole lot more than we know about. People may be living separately within the one home, but he was still plagued by this. Of course, he did have to grow up a whole lot more, and I did tell him that, too. But he was very plagued by the fact that his mother was dating all these men, and he felt she was cheating on the father that she had divorced but was still living in the same house, and he felt that it really impacted him psychologically. Like the, this was a big problem for him, and uh, and so he was, you know, just wanted to talk about that. But so we're finding ourselves in different um, situations these days because of finances, and so sex is the number two most contentious issue in a relationship. And uh, and I've certainly I did a TEDx talk. Uh, in May, and it was launched about uh, on YouTube about a month ago, and there's been almost thirty thousand views on that. But more in, better than that, are is all of the comments that are on there, and and I'm responding. <laughs> I email them back. I write a little note back to them because I think great. I'm so appreciative that they've actually watched the TEDx talk about the sexless marriage, basically, and a whole lot of other things, but all that goes into that. But, you know, the responses are really interesting, and and I see that I've hit a chord with a number of people, which I'm quite happy about, because this is work that I do, to be honest with you, and, and you want to do good work, and so you want it to resonate with people, and so I'm going to actually um, read some of those emails that I have received on that uh, when I come back after the break. But one of the emails that I have received from you, well, actually, I did notice I've been a little bit on Twitter lately. As you know, I'm on social media. My uh, handle is at back, the number two, the bedroom. Typical porn star handle, and uh, I'm such a porn star. Anyway, no one that I didn't know ever called me a porn star. (laughs) I'm not going to say I've never been called one, but in the right circumstances. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, here's a little email. Hi, Maureen. I find I fantasize about men and sex with men. I have a girlfriend, explanation point. What does this fantasy mean? Also, I fantasize about wearing lady stuff all the time. Let me tell you, you are not alone. And I'm going to tell you about uh, a way, a new way that you no longer have to steal the ladies' underwear from your girlfriend's drawer. So that's going to be coming up uh, when I come back. And uh, the person that followed me on Twitter is called 
Crossdresser is, I think, the at Crossdresser. And at Crossdresser is described, self-described as a married heterosexual in British Columbia, of all places, with a corset, pencil skirt, and a cross-dressing fetish. Xdresser.ca is the website. Anyway, so I thought that was interesting. And uh, I'm going to tell you about something that will help you in your cross-dressing fetishes. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath. I am your hostess this evening, delivering a variety of subjects tonight. Hopefully your sex life is uh, varied as well and so much fun and pleasurable because that's the point. So uh, just before the break, I uh, read an email from one of you. Hi, Maureen. I find I fantasize about men and sex with men. I have a girlfriend, exclamation point. What does this fantasy mean? Also, I fantasize about wearing lady stuff all the time. Well, you know, uh, perhaps you have a desire to uh, have sex with men. There are men who ascribe to being heterosexual, but that have sex with men, MSM. Uh, or Or perhaps not. It may just be arousing for you. So not necessarily... I can't give you 100% on what that means. What I can tell you is that fantasy is normal. Uh, And many, it's like 95% of people fantasize. And it's a good idea. It can actually increase sexual satisfaction by utilizing fantasy. Uh, Also, this gentleman fantasizes about wearing lady stuff all the time. Well, a lot of men actually do wear lady stuff all the time. Uh, they leave it private. It can be it can be an embarrassment for them. They can be ashamed about it. Oftentimes they don't tell anybody because they are so ashamed about it. Uh, there's many different strategies around it. They may be purchasing clothing from a less expensive clothing store or um, Salvation Army or something like that, some of those thrift stores. They also hide the clothing in the pockets. Oh, I don't really want to give away the trade secrets, but um, hide. All these women will be checking their husband's sport coats. Um, they, but they do hide the, um, I've been told, they hide their underwear, their ladies' underwear in their sport coats in their closet. You know, a lot of married people live this way, and uh, I find that the man lives in a secret shame. I mean, he doesn't share this this fetish with his partner, and often his partner doesn't know. Oftentimes they are in a sexless relationship or a sexless marriage. And also there's there's denial. You know, some of these marriages are 15, 20, 30 years old, and this has been going on the entire time between fishnets and ladies' underwear and dressing up, full-on makeup at MAC, going out, going out wanting to be with the girls, uh, or girlfriends and feel like a part of uh, a group of women. And, and so I hear this quite a lot. I have a number of patients who are cross-dressers. Um, so, but it can pose a problem for a lot of people because they are so embarrassed and society looks down upon this. I mean, we're, we're a terrible society in how we judge other people's actions and behaviors. And, uh, you know, I hear so many women, this is one of the most common things that I hear is so many women will say, I would never cheat. She cheated. She's terrible. And they're judging a neighbor or a friend. And and then they land up later. They never expected to cheat because somebody came along at the right time with the right person under the right circumstances. And so 
you know, it's never good to judge other people. And, and it's that shame that is problematic for people. When people are living a secret or lying or embarrassed about something, it eventually goes to kind of a toxic shame. So a lot of uh, men do like to wear ladies lingerie. And so there is a new website that I found. I don't know how new it is, but uh, new to me. (laughs) And it's a men's lace underwear website, dudeundies.com, D-U-D-E. U-N-D-I-E-S dot com. And they have, uh, it's quite the uh, selection, shall I say. Candyman double up lace, jockstrap, Candyman garter belt. They've even named them quite uh, um, creatively. Candyman lace Diablo jockstrap. They're uh, Candyman lace dominator boxer. So uh, have a look. Go and see dudeundies.com. You may never have thought that uh, that was something. But, you know, it may be easier to purchase for men. I'm sure they send it in discreet packaging as well. Um, so it can go to your home because this can be a stress for people if they're not able to sexually express themselves and live out this fetish, live out this fantasy. Um, also, there was a, um, you know, there was uh, some advice given on, on LinkedIn recently, and it was when interviewing for a job, this is for women, Uh, there's one thing that a person should lose when they go to interview for a job. Now, if you want to call me, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell, tell me what you think of this. But, Matt, do you know what uh, what it was that was recommended that a woman lose during a job interview? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, there's something that they need to take off. I... Without sounding uh, exactly like <laughs> yeah, I I could always say that <laughs> yeah, yeah you'd wear less clothing and that you'd probably oh, have yeah, a better shot. Yeah, definitely land it. Yeah, yeah, definitely land it. That's not what I personally believe. It is. No, yeah, I understand that. Yes, no, we're not promoting that here. But uh, when interviewing for a job, lose the ring. So if you're engaged uh, and you have a big rock on your finger, uh, that may signify to somebody the perception that somebody may get is that you are a diva and that you are going to be a woman that is needy, a woman that needs a lot of attention. Uh, And being engaged is not a protected class like gender, religion, or even marital status because you're basically just engaged. But people may judge you and think, oh, this one is going to be a lot of work because look at the size of that hope diamond on her finger. So uh, this happened to one woman. Apparently, she had a wore her large and gorgeous engagement ring to five job interviews and received no offers. And when she asked for feedback around the interviewing skills, uh, somebody told her they were fantastic, and somebody else suggested that she take her large engagement ring off. I have Jazz on the line. Hello, Jazz. Hey. How are you? Excellent. How about yourself? Fabulous, thank you. Yeah, I just wanted to comment on the um, on the cross-dresser who, um, and the, the take on feminism. Yes. Or, be, or being feminine in our culture, I think, is, the, is sort of uh, like a red flag when um, I think it's frowned upon, and I think that it, it's the same... Uh, like I'm transgendered, and I think I face the same problems that women that uh, 
more like conventional women face mm-hmm. in terms of uh, being objectified and um, uh, and marginalized in terms of what feminine what feminine means in our culture. I agree with you, and I think I, I think you're talking about femininity in men. If if men show a feminine side, that's frowned upon. Exactly. Yes. It, it, and and um, the dichotomy is when women act butch, it's it's way more acceptable and understanding. It's like people can understand why somebody would want to be masculine because I believe that we live in such a patriarchal society that at the end of the day, no matter what woman has to say, uh, it's like. I don't care because I can, I can, I can, might equals right, so to speak. Absolutely. You know, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, we raise boys to not to cry because any tears or any show of emotion and, and, and we don't is weakness. Sorry? And, and we don't need to because men are naturally uh, bold, not aggressive. We teach them to be, to be aggressive, which is unprovoked attack, as, attacks as opposed to being a bold adventurer to take us to new heights and, and new uh, vision, so to speak. Absolutely. We could, you know, being assertive is better than being aggressive necessarily. But well, some uh, of the aggressive, tech... Aggressive defined is unprovoked attack. So, you know, you you don't want to be... Like, I can understand if, if somebody was out pro- pro- portraying uh, a Nazi or Hitler or somebody, like, you know, wearing a Hitler mustache and, and walking around the streets... Uh, with an like a Nazi, we 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 look at that symbol as something that is uh, aggressive, something that will uh, will attack that is unprovoked, uh, as opposed to somebody that is wearing uh, uh, or or behaving in the traits of of a woman that is that is um, I believe motherhood is the is the highest intention slash expression that we can have as humans. And I think that that is genderless and, and, and attainable by, by uh, both genders. Absolutely. And I think the patriarchy, which you referred to, and the gender constructs have so much to do with this. Uh, and, you know, it stems a little bit from misogyny uh, because many men still think being called a woman is the worst form of an insult. And, 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 and ironically, that sort of that male posturing, I truly believe, is... Uh, and I know that when, when in, in my own experience as, as being transgendered and, and when I appear to be uh, masculine, that masculinity comes out. It, that masculinity comes out in terms of a, a, a persona that is fear trapped. When I'm when I feel uh, frightened, that or threatened rather, I, I, I that male sort of persona comes on. You which, call on that, which is unauthentic. Mm-hmm. So my point is that all violence is predicated on fear. I and agree. I, I, and I believe, you know, every from, from uh, every holy man, from Walt Whitman to Jesus Christ, was basically uh, um, saying, you know, uh, advising to, 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 to motherhood. You know, nurture one another. Uh, ease each other's stress. and um, Be compassionate. And, be kind. Well, life is very stressful. Instead of attacking it on to your fellow man, and um, as Walt Whitman said, uh, you know, we we need a, like a, a true brotherhood, and in and to embrace each other in diversity, to have an adhesive democracy, as well. Absolutely, Jazz. Thank you. And, and, and oh. I just would like to say, I yeah. the off. I just would like to say, as being transgendered, mm-hmm. and um, I I truly believe, I truly feel blessed. 
I, you know, it, it's, I, I, I wouldn't want to, I, I feel so blessed to um, have a well-rounded insight into human experience that I wouldn't want to go through life any other way. And, 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 and my only problem is the sort of cultural stereotypes that are um, portrayed uh, in media that sort of, uh, well, absolutely make life uh, very lonely and you feel uh, marginalized and unincluded. And there's, and there's no reason for it. I hope you don't feel that way. Thank you so much. I really have loved uh, hearing what you had to say tonight, your contribution. I'm certain it has helped many people out there. Right on. Uh, a pleasure to talk to you. Lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much, Jazz. When I come back, we're going to address some of these other sexuality issues. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980. I love it when you participate. I love it when you call. It's such great information. Uh, it helps other people. You know, the number one thing I hear in my clinical practice from people, and it still surprises me after 14 years, is have you ever seen this before? These sexuality, sexual health, sexual dysfunction issues, embarrassment, shame, denial, is so common and so many people I just feel like uh, people are living behind this black curtain and they're too embarrassed to come out and they feel so badly about themselves and and sometimes I feel like they can finally come and tell somebody and I'm nonplussed by it and I certainly have never seen anything only once in all those years that I have been in clinical practice. Uh, so I also wanted to tell you, I, I, I do research, and I do a lot of research with patients with spinal cord injury. And at the moment, I'm involved in a research study out at SFU called Bowel Care and Cardiovascular Function After Spinal Cord Injury. And the primary purpose of the study is to investigate the effects of a topical anesthesia on cardiovascular changes that may be triggered by bowel care. In people with spinal cord injury, the episodes of high blood pressure are common during strong sensory stimuli, such as those that are present during routine bowel care. The episodes of high blood pressure can be very dangerous due to the magnitude of blood pressure of the blood pressure increase increase and because they can also be accompanied by irregular heartbeats. The condition is known as autonomic dysreflexia, and it is most common in individuals with high-level injuries. So you hear C3, C4, C5. The experience of autonomic dysreflexia varies widely between individuals. Some people will get goosebumps, sweating, facial flushing, or headaches, and others have no symptoms at all, and we call that silent autonomic dysreflexia or silent AD. But they may have changes in their heart rate and blood pressure still, so that's why we call it silent AD. So in this study, we're using a lubricant gel that contains an anesthetic. It's actually a lidocaine lubricant, and that is the standard of care in many hospital facilities when performing bowel care for individuals with spinal cord injury. But it's not often used in the home setting because we haven't really tested it in the home setting, so we're testing it. It is thought that using anesthetic might reduce the cardiovascular effects of bowel care after spinal cord injury. 
but we don't know if this is the case, and this is why we need to do research, and this is why research is important. We do not yet know the long-term consequences of these short-term elevations in blood pressure in patients with spinal cord injury who have autonomic dysreflexia. But given that they are often associated with discomfort, which I described, the goosebumps, the headaches, the nasal congestion, the heart pounding, and have been known to be associated with more severe events such as stroke, this is something that we feel warrants uh, further investigation. And we would like to know if reducing the occurrence of this would be beneficial. So we're testing whether the lidocaine lubricant improves the symptoms and signs of autonomic dysreflexia during bowel care in people with spinal cord injury. So if you are have a spinal cord injury, you may qualify for this study. You can email me, sextalk at cknw.com. That's sextalk, S-E-X-T-A-L-K, at cknw.com. Or you can email me at nursetalk at hotmail.com. So... I can send you the informed consent, and you can learn a little bit more about it and ask any questions, of course, before participating. This research can be done in the lab or it can be done in your home. Okay, so thanks so much for uh, listening to that. Hopefully you learned a little bit. And uh, when I return, I'm going to tell you what's coming up in the second hour of the program. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on Newstalk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on Newstalk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath. I am your host of this show every Sunday night. Thanks for being here with me. Thanks for staying. If, you're, uh, if you've been here the whole hour and you'd like to stay a bit longer, the show goes till 10 o'clock. It's now two hours, so we can uh, actually digest and uh, dissect some of these sexuality and sexual health issues and relationship issues and health concerns as well because I am a registered nurse, and uh, I do like to educate about health. It's all related to sex. Everything's related to sex except for commercial leasing. I can't really find a tie there, but I will. Um, uh, So coming up in the second hour of the show, all the single ladies segment is back. Who is happier, singles or married people? It might surprise you. And how about Japan's sex problem? What's going on there or not? And that Nigerian gay marriage that is making the rounds on social media Also going to discuss physical changes in women after childbirth and sexual dysfunction. We're going to put the fun back in dysfunction. Even knowing that you're not alone is always helpful. And what do lesbians in New Jersey have to do before receiving insured fertility treatment? This one will surprise you. And nobody's called me about that woman on the date that she went on where the man said, uh, gee, I thought you were going to be somebody else. What would you do? Uh, if that were the case. Anyway, I'll take your questions and your calls, of course, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. And I'll also answer your emails and comments to my TEDx Stanley Park talk about your sex in your marriage. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980 CKNW.